Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, His family, and His mission. As always, it's David McCumber, but just for today, it's Breton Palmer. Breton Palmer. Welcome, Breton. We are going to get recapping. Fill in the shoes of Big Shoes Billy. Big Shoes Billy. Bushcraft Billy. What was the Bangs one? Billy the Bangs. Billy the Bangs. All right. So today we are going to be chatting with Breton. Uh, if you were here on Sunday, Breton led uh, led the sermon and and uh, unpacked some of the festivals for us. And uh, we're going to hit some of the things that, that you didn't get to talk about too much uh, in your sermon. And then we're also going to get to know Breton a little bit more. Breton is one of our elders. He is the youngest elder. Youngest elder. I think. Wow, you really jumped on that. You were like, I'm the youngest yeah, elder. Yeah, youngest, second best beard. Yeah. <laughs> I have to yield that one. And then, uh, but yeah, so Breton is an elder, and but I was going to say one of the longest standing elders. Tenured. Yeah, tenured. Fancy and, words. Uh, and then we're also going to hear about what uh, Bill's doing this week in Greece and get a little update from him. So stick around. Today is going to be a good one, and we are going to start with the question of the day, which is everybody's favorite segment i mean all 12 people yeah they write in they rave about it so breton yep what's your brand what's my brand so i listen. i mean normally this is a this is a surprise it is the way we do this but i figure with these with these elver elf with these elver with these elder <laughs> podcasts what's your brand is a good question so what's your brand it is and i have to say because I'm an avid listener to the podcast, I had a feeling this was the one that was going to come. So I thought yeah. about it this morning, and I want to say books a million, because I am aiming to own a million books, theology books. books so that way my library can destroy Steve's library. Because I don't know if you've seen Steve's. It's just he's got a study. He's got like the, the books up above on the shelf. I'm very jealous. Books a million. That's a great brand. Well, thank you. That's why I thought about it. That's why I was like prepared. I'm like, boom. Now, do you go into Books a Million and sit and read books? Uh, I don't think I've been in an actual bookstore in forever because, you know, Amazon. But um, aren't they coming back around brick and mortar? We're going to have, like, Amazon stores all over the place. So It was a highlight. I remember when I was in college that there was a Borders right by my mm-hmm. college. And we would go and there was, like, a Jamba Juice and a Starbucks. Oh, and you go Juice. and you just sit and it was I just loved sitting and reading books for free. I mean, I didn't I didn't read the I was an artist, so I'd just look at the picture <laughs> books. But I'd look, I'd turn the pages, I'd look at all the books. Get the protein shot and the jamba juice. And yeah. Like, you know yeah. what? I'm I'm feeling good and strong. I got exactly. So Books a Million is Breton's brand. My brand is Carhartt. Billy's brand is Walmart T shirts. <laughs> I mean Patagonia. And Steve's brand is the Godfather franchise. Godfather. The entire franchise. So, oh man, I can't wait to find out what Walker's brand is. It's going to be some word that none of us have. Walker, Texas Ranger brand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could go that. <laughs> All right. So let's let's transition into looking up. We're going to do a little sermon review. And uh, if you were with us this week, uh, Breton was preaching. And uh, first of all, we had Vance, Vance Pants update. Vance Pants. Pants were looking good. Yeah. His shirt, I actually gave him a hug, and it was a new shirt that his mom gave him that was super soft. Very, I think it was a tri-blend. Oh, 
and it was really I, I hugged him for a little bit longer because it was so soft. But um, he thought it was the affection <laughs> that you nope. had for him. No, it was nope. the soft shirt. Is that try poly blend? <laughs> so, uh, but no, Vance gave an update. It was really good to to see them. Um, we got to hang out with them a little bit yesterday and uh, went fishing with the boys. That was kind of fun. But uh, it was great to hear. You know, I think it what they're doing in New York City. I mean, I don't want to. I have a hard time not boasting about Revolve, but I love our church so much. And but I feel like what they're doing in New York City, the time at Revolve uh, prepared them well for it. Because a lot of what they're doing is is trying to find people to make disciples to go into their own people group and. That's something that we really drive home at Revolve. So it was really cool to hear some of his testimonies. And and uh, if you missed it, we did a hangout on Saturday here at the at the Revolve office, and we got here hear some more of the juicy stories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So when we when we do these hangouts, when Vance uh, Vance pants, when Christian and Elena come back, I would encourage you to come because he gives some more of the juicy stories of. You know, Bibles getting thrown at him and getting kicked out and mob bosses screaming at him on the street. If you've so. seen the movie Taken by Liam Neeson, yeah, it's nothing like that, but <laughs> you feel like it's close to that. All right. So, but the sermon was uh, Leviticus 23. Mm-hmm. We're finished with Leviticus, Leviticus 23, right? Are, yeah. Okay. But not all sacred time because 25 has uh, the Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee. But All Bill right. will be doing that. That won't be me. I'm not okay. coming back. Okay. Part part one was me. Part two will be Bill. Okay. But we talked about the festivals. Uh, the help. The calendar that you gave was super helpful. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, just kind of seeing how it uh, plays out over our, our calendar year. Mm-hmm. And then the big takeaway for me was just remembering that the Lord's Supper. That's the only festival you need now, mm-hmm. because Jesus paid it all. And it's all about Jesus, right? Yep. Yeah, it's so it's, I summarized your whole sermon right and, there. It Sorry. Did it. You did it in less than twenty minutes. That was like twenty <laughs> seconds. That destroyed me. But what? So what? What was the biggest thing you learned, Bretton, when you were preparing for this sermon? Uh, so my big takeaway, and and by takeaway I mean area where I'm doing poorly at, but know I need to improve, is essentially. Um, the fact that sacred time now is is all the time with us. So we are priests of God. We're a kingdom of priests as the church. And then that means that every area of our lives has some semblance of where we need to think through what does it mean to be a priest? And then with that idea, what does it mean for me to think of my duty as a priest? So my my being a father, how, how do I treat my children if I'm functioning as a priest of God and then how do I bring them back, mediate um, their knowledge and understanding of God, and then how his character is reflected in how I parent. So um, that's a terrifying fact, because then it's like, all, you know, all those moments when you screw up as a father, you're like, oh, man, you know, now I've got to show repentance, so then I can show them that the heart of the father is forgiveness, because he forgives me. And, um, but it just puts a lot more weight on every action. Which is good and not good. <laughs> and then you have in the back of your head what happened to Aaron's sons when they messed up. Yeah, that one's always fun. Yeah. And then Annas and Sapphira in, yeah. in Acts 5. And, and like you, you get really grateful that <laughs> these 
major moments of shifts in redemptive history you weren't alive for because that's when God really like dropped the hammer to prove yeah. a point and uh, we get to enjoy his grace and mercy much more. <laughs> so I think that that transitions really nicely into uh, the on the ground segment that we like to have where we really talk about what does it look like to apply the sermon where we live, work, learn, and play. So what what would that look like, Breton? To I mean, you say being uh, having this priestly role as a parent, but mm-hmm. what does that I mean, what does that look like? Well, um, I think it one is really you know the the bu- fancy buzzword that used to be used all the time, intentional. Like um, you know, especially it's, back when Revolve was planning, it was like intentional. It was like you I always use that to, word all the time. You still use it. Now? I oh man, I'm so out of fashion. Well, no, you're now you're like retro, so now it's like even more fashionable. Good. But I know when when we planted and we were reading, trying to figure out what in the world we were doing at Revolve, like that was always the buzzword, and it's still a, a very important word, like because you can go about, especially in our age of social media, you know, you can veg out so quickly with technology you lose any semblance of like each of these seconds are moments when you can be doing something for the Lord. And, and again, that's like a crushing weight, like thank speed to God and his grace and Christ's work that we're not achieving our salvation. He's achieved it. But so like as a parent, you know, you are the main and primary means through which God will disciple that child. And so every action you're performing is because it's a priestly action. You're either rightly, reflecting God or you're wrongly reflecting God and what his values are. Um, and so it just means you need to be intentional. Like when you're parenting, are you, you know, doing the Shema? Like, are you you know, talking about these things when you're on the way, when you're sitting down? Um, so, you know, and then when you're at work, like you are an ambassador of Christ, you are uh, to do all things to God's glory. And so are the moments when you're at work thinking through, okay, I'm, I'm doing this assignment, this paper, it's the most boring thing in the world, but I'm still supposed to do it to the Lord because I am a priest of God. I'm supposed to reflect his character for what he thinks about work. Um, and work is a good thing. Work was in before the fall in Genesis 3. What came with Genesis 3 was toilsome labor and, and the curse. And so, um, and, you, and you just take that and it applies to every, there is no compartmentalizing your life. Like every, you are a priest of God. And so every area of your life, even your hobbies to your schooling, like it's all areas where, you need to think through, am I reflecting God's character or am I not reflecting God's character and wisdom in this action that I'm doing? Like you said this morning in, in the sermon, that Leviticus often we kind of skim past it or, you know, but it really, you really see the importance of the book of Leviticus because you look at, okay, we're seeing the importance of the role of the priest mm-hmm. and that's now our role. Wow. That's, Yeah. So the holiday is Holy Day. Holy Day. I learned that today. So when we say the word holiday, it comes from Holy Day. Yeah, you just basically cram them together. So every day is a holiday. Mm -hmm. Every day is a holy day. Yeah. Okay. And and because really, like, like I was, and I had to like really condense it at the end because I was going quick trying to fill in all my notes in twenty minutes, but. Like really, like uh, the passages from First Corinthians, like corporately. So the you in First Corinthians three, and I think First Corinthians six is a plural you. So it's like y'all or y'all. you all. Use guys. Yeah, use guys. That's the New York translation, and then I love the y'all. So now I married a Southerner, so now I can use y'all without culturally appropriating. Okay, good the to y'all. Know. But um, but we, so many... we like to we like to <laughs> be, be very politically correct, correct on the podcast. On the, on the recap. Yes. 
But uh, so, but like in, in the New Testament in general, so many of the U's are plural, but like the, the idea that as the church, we are living stones in the temple, we are the temple gathering, but even still, you are a temple uh, with the indwelling Holy Spirit as you go. And so, so yeah, so again, there really is no distinction in the sense between sacred time and not sacred time because you always have the Holy Spirit with you. And so, and the Holy Spirit never leaves you. And so where the Spirit is, there's holiness, there's, you know, sacred uh, acts, sacred people, sacred time. So, um, like, again, it's it's a great thought. And then it's it's really, it really is terrifying. You know, like, I think John Piper has an amazing quote where he says the, he's talking about prayer, but he says, like, the the great thing that social media will attest to is that prayerlessness wasn't due to a lack of time and so you could apply that you could take prayerlessness out and really apply it to to any christian discipline it's like unfortunately that's going to be probably the thing that we get up to heaven for and we're like man i really botched that one all right so so this leads me to the question brett should we keep christ in christmas oh man i mean should we uh what do you mean by that (laughs) Brett was should like, you, should, yeah. Brett was like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to talk about that. And I said, well, then that's all the reason we should talk about it. Then, yeah, should we keep Christ it. in Christmas? Well, I would. So here's here's the big kicker. So um, holy days. So there's no new covenant holy days. And this was a huge issue during the Reformation. So um, you had the Roman Church that had just packed tons and tons of ritual and things that weren't found in the scriptures. Uh, into the liturgy of the church, the worship service of the church. Um, you know, you had indulgences, you had the mass, which was basically them re-crucifying Christ again in, in the service. You know, and not a physical body, but yes. like they were, they thought the body and blood transubstantiated. But so then the reformers come along and they're just reassessing everything according to the scriptures. And that was, a, it was a huge sticking point with them that there are no uh, holidays. This idea of the liturgical calendar, the church calendar, is something that is not binding on the people of God. You can't bind people's consciences to follow Lent. Um, even the even the Holy Week, like having all these special services, they were like, uh-uh, can't do that. You don't have warrant from the scriptures. You don't have right from the scriptures. So here we are 500 years later, you know, are we liberalizing by kind of bringing, because it's the big thing, I don't know if like you've seen the Gospel Coalition, like it's a very Protestant website. They like, once Lent came, it was everything Lent, 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 Lent. And it's like a huge version app. Like there's like this big push for Lent every year. And so, you know, I have a few friends that are very staunchly Reformed Presbyterian. And it's like, so I get both sides. I see everyone doing Lent. And then I see them basically making fun of everybody doing Lent. Um, so should we keep Christ in Christmas? I rambled on to avoid the question, but I, you know what? Keep Christ in Christmas. <laughs> yeah. If you have the bumper sticker on your car, that's you know that's fine. Christ should stay in Christmas, but Christ should be every day. Boom. So Boom. Christmas and the other 364 days, keep Christ in all of them. Keep Christ in how you parent, how you work, your hobbies, the paper that you have to write. You're doing it in the name of Christ. You are God's representative to the world. So do it in everything. Your Facebook posts, boom. keep Christ in those as well. Mm-hmm. There we go. Man, look at that. In 20 minutes, yep. I did my sermon. In 20 seconds, you summarized it. And then in two minutes, I was yep. avoiding that question. And then in 20 seconds, you summarized it. 
You're on a roll. This is like th- this is the, today in the podcast. Is, there's a lot of gotcha questions. I told Brett, and I was like, I won't ask you that one, but then <laughs> I did it anyway because I'm like, I'm like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, bring in, bring in the heat. Can I be Elon Musk? Can I bust nope. out my Southern Af- African accent? Nope, nope. You cannot be Al- Elon Neil deGrasse Musk. Tyson. <laughs> Those nope. are the only clips I ever see that pop up. All right, so um, so we did have a question that came in. Um, we're actually filming this podcast Sunday afternoon because Breton has a real job, unlike Bill and I. Well, real as Brett, I have to be there from a set time to a set time. Brett pun- Breton punches in <laughs> yeah. to a job, unlike Bill and I. And uh, so we only got one question in. And I, I thought this was a good question. And I think that you could probably answer it pretty easily. Uh, so is the Jewish calendar different from what we have now? And where do the fe- feasts fit into our calendar for our orthodox jewish friends are they looking at january february march or do they have a different calendar uh so i guess this is like a two-part so one is that obviously they have different names for what their months are so going back and i think bill touched on this last episode on the recap was the idea that the the jewish people had they followed a lunar calendar back in the day. And I think he touched on it when he was doing the Easter question and, and how, you know, a lot of the feasts and festivals line up with the new moons because they use the lunar calendar. And so, but even back then, uh, their first month, so what was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread was considered their first month of the year. That is like our March, April. Um, so, you know, and then it rolls into their harvest season, which would be, you know, April to uh, June for like the first round of the wheat harvest. Um, and then, like I said in the sermon, you the harvest season ends um, in the seventh month, which ends up being like our September, October. So, and then you would you know loop back around um, with their calendar, and so they would have to adjust, you know, every so many years because obviously we know now it's it's a, a sun-centered calendar versus uh, a lunar moon-centered. Um, so then they would basically adjust according to the harvest season. So it's like if they knew they were like a month off, they would just basically kind of re reshuffle and then go off, go off of the harvest festival. So now uh, post exile. So if you're following the biblical story, uh, the, the city of Jerusalem ultimately gets destroyed in around five, I think 86 BC um, by the Babylonians. People are brought into exile. And so then what essentially was the first month was Passover unleavened bread. The seventh month actually becomes like their new year. So kind of post-exile, the, the Rosh Hashanah, uh, Feast of Trumpets that kicked off the seventh month, Day of Atonement, uh, Feast of Booths, Tabernacles, that they treat as kind of their first month. So contemporary, modern day would still be that kind of, that's their new year, which would be our like September, October type of deal. So yeah, so and, and so the feasts are going to fit into the warmer months because that's when they're doing their harvesting and, you know, the kind of the shoulder seasons. What I learned yesterday from Elena when we were talking about New York City is that the Orthodox Jews in the city celebrate the Festival of Booths in tents. They have little tents, and they go out in their yard, and they still celebrate it. Well, if they had celebrated it back before Christ, they wouldn't have gotten exiled. Those little punks. Well, um, that might be what Elena and Christian want to do is just set up some temporary dwelling. In case That's they true. Find. They were looking for a house, and then they could that be the unreached people group that yeah. they could be contextualizing with. Well, Brett and I thank you for your uh, 
for your research and your time and, and studying these things and teaching these things to us. Um, was there anything that you, you know, we, we did have, have to go a little short because the... Because uh, Christian went so long. The, well, in the lunch crowd, the lunch crowd at Two Mile was lining up. They wanted they were their, ready to rock. They were ready for their orange crushes, orange crushes and, and crab cakes. Man, I could go for a crab cake right now. That's a whole Megan other. likes the Five West ones if you had them. Crab well, cake tacos. Well, you know what? Guys. Five West doesn't allow us to meet in their building, uh, so true. we don't bring Touché. them up. Yeah, that's true. Ah, they don't get un- that plug. They don't get unsolicited plugs. <laughs> I only talk about Two Miles crab cakes because they let us meet in their building. So, darn it, we're gonna be booted. Crab cakes at Two Mile, get them all summer long. Or it's crash. There we go. So, <laughs> was there anything that you missed that you wanted to, to share with us? Yeah, so I uh, I ended up having to cut out, and it worked out anyway because it was kind of more of like um, it wasn't needed in the flow of my sermon, but it was a really cool thing that I had found out was uh, so Bill talks about the um, uh, like in the hermeneutics class, and I think he's mentioned in a couple sermons the idea of a concordance, which is just basically like a search engine for keywords and themes uh, in your Bible. And so when I was prepping for the sermon, um, I had just used the concordance and looked up feasts. And there were quite a few, there was probably like 10 to 15 um, references in the prophets. And so the prophets are like this weird part of our Bible uh, in our ordering uh, versus the Hebrew ordering. That's, you know, a fun fact. You got to come to the hermeneutics class to find out between the difference. But, you know, starting with Isaiah and going all the way to Malachi, you have this large block of books and it's like, we don't know what to do with it other than we go there for like our very explicit Jesus prophecies. So the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, uh, is going to be born in Bethlehem and Micah, um, you know, Isaiah 9, you know, unto us the son is born. And it's like kind of what we use the prophets for, because otherwise we don't know what to do with it. Uh, and so basically I had a really short per- portion in my sermon where I was just going to touch about how it's important that to, we don't want to jump to the New Testament too quickly. Um, from where we are in the Old Testament. Everything gets filtered through the prophets. And so I was going to touch on two points to where uh, the prophets are essentially kind of the covenant enforcers. And so they're going to point out where the people are being uh, unfaithful to the covenant. They're going to point out judgment that is going to come because they're being unfaithful, and then they're going to call them to repentance. And so uh, the one passage was in like Isaiah 1, um, and I should have pulled it up. I don't have, I'll have to try and do it from memory. But basically, God is saying, when you come before me, so it's, it's alluding to these pilgrimage feasts and all these holy convocations, uh, God is, he basically says, who has told you to trample on my, on my courts? Or essentially trample on his tabernacle, his temple, his holy places. And he basically says, like, look, your, your offerings, they're despicable to me. Like, I despise your, your iniquities and your solemn assemblies, like the Lord is just done. And he's speaking through the prophet to let them know. Um, and really comes back to like what Bill has touched on uh, a few times in Leviticus is this idea of you need to worship in spirit and truth. Like you, you can't just worship from good motives, but not care about God's revelation and how he's told us to worship. And you definitely can't just do the motions without your heart being in it. And so essentially the prophet is, is indicting them. He's saying, look, to be covenantally faithful, you have to do both. Um, and then the other thing the prophets do is they, they take all the, the kind of the verbiage, the themes, uh, the, the understanding of what scripture has come before them, uh, and then they, they kind of project it into the future in kind of an ideal sense. And so um, 
like, so the example I had was in Zechariah 14, where it's, it's in the context of the day of the Lord, uh, which we touched on in our, our first Thessalonians series. And um, the idea that this is the day when God brings about full judgment of his enemies and full restoration for his people. And it says that at that time, the nations are all going to come and keep the Feast of Booths. Um, and so it's basically they're taking, okay, this is what ideal covenantal faithfulness looks like. And then we're going to project it into the future. And then the change, though, that's coming into the future is that not only is it the nation of Israel that's going to faithfully worship God in the Feast of Booths and Tabernacles, it's, it's the entire world. It's all the nations, which is really fulfilling the Abrahamic covenant. Um, and so then the, the distinction becomes in terms of the, the discussion and the debates is, is how that takes shape in the New Covenant. And that's where you get differences of opinion. But essentially, the prophets are, are doing a bunch of things, but they're calling the people to covenant faithfulness. But then they look forward to a time when God's people will be covenantally faithful. So I sorry, I apologize if I went a little. That's a little okay. Low. No, yeah, I think so. I think if I was if I was to summarize this because this is what I've been this is my theme today summarizing it <laughs> in twenty seconds is read your whole Bible mm-hmm. and that's really what we drive home at Revolve is we want you reading your Bible studying your Bible and you learn these things mm-hmm. you really see that oh this is what the prophets are talking about oh because I read that in Leviticus oh and this is what Jesus did and mm-hmm. you really start to see the beauty of the whole Bible and that is really. Um, you know, a big part of the heartbeat of Revolve. So we want people studying the Bible. We want people knowing the Bible, understanding the Bible, because that's the only way we're going to be able to really, I don't want to say combat, but the world is, we're in a place where the world's really pushing back mm-hmm. and we need people to understand their theology and we need people to understand uh, the whole Bible, not just bits and pieces of, well, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, brother, mm. Lord wants to prosper you. And it's like, you know what? No. You need to read your whole Bible. Yeah. So. Well, and, and like that comes back to being a priest. Like, how are you going to represent God if you don't know God's word? Yeah. And um, and then like we you won't talking, be a very good priest. Yeah, you won't be a very good priest. Yeah. And and then um, like I think we were texting this week, where you're doing more of a, a quick read Bible plan, and that's really the benefit of that is you get the whole story, and then there's and there's benefit from slowing down and reading shorter portions and really chewing on it. But you you have both and to where you start to see those intertextual, which is the fancy word for connections that, oh, the prophet's picking up this theme from Deuteronomy, and then he's looking into the future when this is realized. And so, um, yeah, so, and it just takes multiple, multiple, multiple readings of the Bible. Like, don't just read it once and think, I got it figured out. Like, no, you need to keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. There's your, there's your, uh, your uh, takeaway, your, your goal for this week is read your Bible. Should I do? Should I do a book reco? Since I'm books a million, do, do I have it. Time? Do it. Do I have Recommend. Time? I mean, you're you're already like six minutes over. So oh, just keep man, going. Six minutes over. So two. So one I had to read for a class was um, Graham Goldsworthy's uh, Christ-centered. Um, I want to say Christ-centered hermeneutics, and so that's uh, from him is where I stole the line of the prophets project. Um, uh, the scriptural data they've processed into the future. Um, and then one that we have here, where I can see it over on the shelf, is my boy, uh, Stephen Wellham. So I got to give a shameless plug to him, is um, Christ from Beginning to End. And so it's, it's, one, it's two of those books that really give you uh, a framework for the, the whole structure of the Bible to where you can then plug kind of the individual pieces in and understand them in light of the whole. 
So, all right. Well, I'll put a link in the description for those books and uh, in our resource center over here in the office. We do have that book. So grab that. And um, it's free. All right. Thank you. Because we love learning. Learning is fun. So much fun. Man, we are making so many jingles today. Bill's going to be so jealous. Mm. Bill loves writing the jingles. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, Bill is going to be back from his uh, from his trip to Greece. And uh, we'll probably have some updates from there. But he's going to be preaching in Leviticus 24 and Matthew 25. So we'll be reading that this week as you're reading your Bible. So we're going to take a quick break, a little 10-second break to stretch the legs. And we're going to get to know who is Brad. What is Brad? Where, who do you think you are? Where do you get on? Welcome back. We are now looking in. This is where we connect and see what's going on in the body of the church. And this week we have a new hub class. For those of you who aren't familiar, the hub class is our discipleship class where we just kind of talk about the DNA of what it looks like to make a disciple, what it looks like to be a disciple. And this this um, this time, Bill and I edited the uh, curriculum a little bit, and we are going to be really doing more of a hands-on modeling of what it looks like to have a discipleship relationship. So it's like we're sitting at a kitchen table, we have our Bible, we have our pen, what does it look like to disciple your friend, whether they're a believer, whether they're a non-believer, and we're going to be kind of, I don't want to say acting it out, like role-playing, but just kind of really letting you observe what this looks like. So instead of kind of presenting ideas and letting you figure it out, we really want to kind of model that. So if you uh, signed up for the Hub, we're looking forward to that. It's Tuesday night, 5.30, we have prayer. From 5.30 to 6.30, we have prayer, and then 6.30 to 8 is the Hub. So come out for both of those, and uh, if you don't eat, we do provide a little meal. I don't know who's cooking this week. Hopefully it's not me, because I didn't remember. So but um, so Q&A with Breton. Let's take some time to get to know who Breton is. Breton Palmer, right here, elder of Revolve Church. And first of all, we just have to kick it off with the first question. Mm-hmm. Is it animated GIF or animated GIF? What is it? That is a good question. I Man, I remember seeing a clip. I don't know what it was from where they were having this exact argument and the guy schooled the dude so bad. I almost wish I had it, but it's it's GIF because it's short for like graphics interface something or other. And so he's like, if it's short for graphics, it's a hard G. And so it's animated GIF and not GIF. And the reason I asked this, Breton, because for those of you who don't know, if you've ever had a text conversation with Breton, he he like explains theology using gifts mm. all the time. He is gift the gift master, the gift master, and uh, it's impressive. Thank you. My wife's getting good at it too. Really, Megan's getting good, almost too good to where she's going to surpass me, and I get a little jealous. So I got to turn her back. I want to make a gif of Breton making gifts. That's going to be my goal oh, this week. I'm going to write so that good. down. All right, Breton. So I know I've known Breton for a while since I've been coming to Revolve, obviously. And then Breton was friends with my sister and my brother-in-law, Jason. And um, they grew up together and they went to CCA together. So I know I've known Breton since he was a, a lad. 
I might have actually substitute. Did I substitute teach ever when you were there? I think was I was gone. Class. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. Because I was in Nick's class. Yeah. So yeah, you would have substituted. Yeah. And then you were doing, because you were involved at the youth at Seashore. Uh-huh. And I, I'd like, I wasn't in that cool click though. So no, I only occasionally knew, but. No. <laughs> um, of course not. So, so when did your faith, so you grew up, I'm assuming, in a, in a Christian home and went mm-hmm. to church and, but when did your faith become real? Like when did that happen for you? So yeah, super long story short. So grew up in the church knew all the Bible stories, got all the candy bars for mm-hmm. saying the books of the Bible yep. in order and, and all that stuff. Um, uh, got married uh, pretty much out of high school to my high school sweetheart, uh, moved with her family down to uh, North Carolina. Uh, she did not want to remain in the marriage, um, ended up leaving me for another fellow. Um, and so really growing up in that kind of like 90s, 2000s, like Christian culture, like we really were kind of like a, a lot a of weird, jars of clay. Yeah, oh, jars of clay. Love yes. that jars of clay. DC oh, talk. Man, worlds apart. DC talk. Uh-huh. Carmen. I had some, I had my dad was like old school, so I had to listen to some Carmen. But okay. you really had like a whole like weird subculture. Yeah. That where like breadcrumb and fish, the shirt with yep. the breadcrumb and fish. Uh, yeah. And we did all the like plays on the, the modern brands, but it was uh-huh. like Christianized. And yep. so. You know, to some extent, you kind of had like that almost Christian American dream where you got married young, you had a lot of kids, you went to church on Sunday, but your faith never had to be really like in your face, like like you're truly radically following Jesus. And so um, uh, that kind of really rocked everything that now I was this like divorced um, guy. And so that stain was essentially always going to be there, you know, in, in a very... Um, you know, I don't want to say stigmatized. Maybe it's we 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 add more guilt on than we really should. Um, so long story short, I was like, well, I have no friends or family down in North Carolina, so I'm going to come back to New Jersey. Um, just got in, didn't know what to do. I had like a year of like really like just in the muck, um, and then um, start what I was going to all these young adults groups. I started to kind of come out of it and was going to these young adults groups up the road, uh, Christian things and. Just so happened, Jason and Melissa, I think it was the only time they ever went to it, uh, to come with me up to this one at a church up in Summers Point. And the guy that was running it at the time was friends with Bill and Gina, and Bill just so happened to be preaching um, that night. And um, this may be skipping. This is answering like two That's questions. That's okay. It's, you know what? But uh, It's your rodeo. Yeah, it's my— Brett, And this is the Breton Show. We're, we're riding this podcast. train. Yep. And we're already way longer than we should be. Yep. So Billy's is... not here. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> But uh, so it was. I, I met Bill and Gina there, and um, was really in like the perfect. It was like everything was timed so well because I had really started to get into theology right before I met them, um, and, and and I was meeting with a friend, uh, a local friend who's uh, um, a really like another theology nerd, and it was like I I kind of had that aspect where I was like really growing in a love for theology, but it's like the Lord brought Bill and Gina in. To real and not that Bill doesn't love theology. Bill and Gina love theology, but they they're just because they were on the mission field and just have such a passion for discipleship and missions. It was like trying to br- it like brought those two things together, um, and then just meeting them and then getting in from the beginning and and you know not that I have discipleship and missions figured out, but just being able to always have them keeping me from going like full like armchair 
theologian and just shutting off the world, but I can just read all my books and not doing anything really for the kingdom. So uh, for me, that's when it really became personal. Another cool kind of fun fact is I grew up in the church, but never got baptized until I met Bill and Gina and we planted Revolve. And I was like, well, we're doing this. I got to be obedient to Christ. And I've wow, gone fun my entire... fact. I didn't know yeah. that. So it's Bill... I've only been baptized once, which I think is very theologically uh, accurate. Um, and then it ended up in, in God's sovereignty being Bill. So it was really cool over at the Armada. So it's like a little a fun fact that, yeah. Man, you, you hit like four of my questions. All right in there. one? All well, in I one. had to really catch up on time. I'm like looking that at your clock really and I'm panicking right oh, yeah, here. Don't look at the clock. <laughs> so, no, I think that's great. And, uh, and yeah, so, so you were one of the original revolvers. Yeah, pretty early on. I think yeah. it was basically one of the – so you had obviously Bonnie and Steve and family and friends. Uh, but, like, as far as, like, maybe outside of, like, initial friends and family, one of the first ones to, to like, get connected with them with Jason and Melissa and – and uh, unfortunately, Bill locked his his teeth in, and I haven't left yet. Yeah, and um, you know, Breton has uh, the nickname Doctor Palmer mm-hmm. that uh, Bill uses for him often, and that's a long story. I guess we won't get into that <laughs> for the sake of time. It's an honorary doctorate. It's an honorary doctorate. <laughs> Not a Breton, real one. <laughs> Breton is just. I love. I love the plurality of elders mm-hmm. that we have at Revolve. And Breton says this, and when he was sharing, you know, Breton has this, this love and this passion for theology, and Bill has a passion for missions, and and you know, Steve has a passion for for church history and and the body and the gathering, and Dave has a passion for crying in five syllable words. Yeah, but uh, uh, no, but David is, you know, David's just so so passionate and caring, and but mm-hmm. also very intellectual, and there's just there's just such a a diversity. Well, you have a great. Shut, we don't want to leave you out. Oh, you, da- David has what, what one. Do I? <laughs> no, no. Like you are um, one. You're an amazing discipler, and you do. So I don't know if we've pushed the the family on mission book with Mike Breen, and so the stories I always hear when you're we're talking in our elder meetings is you're living out your discipleship in the sense that you are constantly bringing people alongside you and discipling them, um, and then a passion for the word and. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Like, and then just a the love for people. I have, I have a like, patience for Bill. Yeah, that's I'm with the other him all thing the time, too. and I'm just so I've, I'm like I'm basically Mother Teresa, having to put up with him all now, the time. Now, are you are you Batman to his Robin or? Oh no, I'm have definitely not had Robin. this argument. Yet. I'm definitely Robin. <laughs> I'm definitely Robin to Bill's Batman. Uh, he does have the voice for Batman. He does. He does, <laughs> and I, I can do better flips, and that's I'm true. like a I'm like a trapeze artist. And fun fact. Oh man, this this podcast is going so long. My <laughs> wife had a crush on who was Robin in like the nineties. Well, there's a well, yeah, oh, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Boom. My wife had a crush on Chris O'Donnell, so I'm basically him. Basically, yeah. basically, essentially. But uh, but no, that's that was good. This is the Breton show, Breton. You're not allowed to compliment me, but I appreciate that. <laughs> so okay, <clears throat> just to wind this down because we we did get to know a lot about Breton and and his heart, but Breton. Um, what is a perfect day for Brett and Palmer? Perfect day would be uh, a sunny day so sunny we could day. get the kids outside and get out of the house. Because no matter how big your house is, if you have two kids under three, it is very small. Mm-hmm. And so sunny day, get the kids out, um, 
hanging out with the wife. Uh, they're not angry. They're just playing and having fun. That would be a perfect day. Haven't had one yet. <laughs> what do you like? Do you, you don't like going to the beach. No, so we're not would you beach go to people. a park? Would you go to a park? What would you do? Usually the backyard. But okay. or for a walk. We like to okay. we like Megan didn't grow up in a neighborhood that had sidewalks because she was like outside Richmond. So like to her, she just loves the fact of being in a neighborhood that has sidewalks. Yeah. Like it's like this you can just walk safely. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like a main road that people are doing like 50 down. Um, so you're going for walks, go to the park, which we're getting better at going to the parks now that the girls are a little older. Yeah. They, they can go on the, on the playground. And yeah. But we're not beach people. Yeah. I was bred I for that. ice. Like, oh not, man. Not when you go to the sand. beach with Brett and he wears his shoes the whole time. Yeah. It's just not, it's, he's there for like an hour and that's it. I that's, hate sand. That's okay. everywhere. Um, but then reading theology somehow at the end of the day and just like watching. Do you sit in a chair or do you sit at a desk and take notes? Uh, usually a chair or, or the bed. Oh, wow. Know, laying down. Mrs. is doing whatever. Just reading. Get you my know, little nightlight out. Oh, man. My dad told me, he taught me when I was young, the bedroom is for two things, and reading theology books isn't one of them. So <laughs> just wanted to let you know that. For sleeping and more sleeping? Yep, but not reading <laughs> theology books. No, his was, and TV isn't one of them. People who put televisions in their bedroom. I'm very against that. We, so we'll we'll leave that yeah. there. <laughs> so uh, so who's your family? You have two two girls. Yeah, so I have uh, Megan is my wife. Uh, Megan with an H, uh, but she did it before it became cool with the queen or princess of whatever married the prince of England. Uh, and then so uh, is that M E G H A N H A N? Okay. Um, I didn't know if there was like an H before an M. An H like and it an was H. Like it's like four H's. Super hipster. Silent consonants. Yes. Um, and then two girls, uh, Caroline and Nora. Um, Caroline is you're going to turn three this year, and then Nora, it just turned a year. Uh, fun fact is uh, the Lord and his wonderful sovereignty. Caroline was born on my father's birthday, um, which is good because I didn't get him anything for his birthday that year. So it was like, here's your first grandchild. There it is. Uh, happy birthday. And then Nora came on Megan's mom's birthday. So That's both of our girls share a birthday with a grandparent. So That's very cool. And I think Megan willed it to happen. I don't know how she did it, but I feel like she's like, I'm going to have grandkids with birthdays with grandparents. I'm just going to do it. Wow. That's, that's a lot of... That's a lot of power. Not to be able scary to do that. at times. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Brett. And well, um, thank you for letting us know a little bit more about your family and who you are. And uh, so now if you are, are come to Revolve and you listen to the podcast, you get to know a little bit more about Brett. And so um, just one more quick update. Looking in, uh, our friends, the Camerons, um, we, we talked about it last Sunday on Sunday that they were – uh, going to Columbia to meet their daughter, who they are adopting and meeting with her, and they did meet her, and it's going well, and they are in Columbia, and they went to a water park, and there's a there's a, a wild dog that moved into their house, and that's that is if you know the Camerons, right. of course they'll probably bring the dog. They probably will bring the dog home. So. But it's going well. Keep them in your prayers. We're going to take a quick break, and we are going to land this plane. Hey, guys. Pastor Bill here. It's um, 7 a.m. in Greece on Tuesday. 
and I wanted to just send a quick audio recording, um, letting everybody know why I'm here in case that wasn't clear. Um, as most of you know, over the last few years, the pandemic really kind of rained on the parade of lots of things, and one of those things was our involvement with the refugee camp in Greece. So um, gearing up prior to the pandemic, it had been the elders' plan that we would be sending teams um, almost continuously, if possible, to the refugee camp for volunteer work for a few weeks at a time or whatever we could do. So the pandemic um, kind of eliminated all of that. And and so I'm here this week with another uh, man named Justin, and we are just checking out the island to see if that window is officially closed. Um, if it's closed in terms of closed for church involvement, if it's um, closed for refugee ministry or, or what exactly the Lord is doing and seeing if it's possible and if we should join him. So that's what we're here doing this week. Um, the camp is very diminished. It was almost 22,000 people pre-pandemic. And from the people we've talked to um, yesterday, they guessed me it's probably in around 1,200 or so. And so we're going to spend this week connecting with different leaders. We have a meeting today with the leader of Euro Relief, which is kind of like a Samaritan's Purse for Greece, so to say, and uh, talk with that with one of the directors there and try to see what he's thinking, as well as some leaders from other organizations and some local church leaders as well. And so hopefully we should have a, a good semblance of what God is doing and, and how he would want us to partner or or to not partner and to just focus our energies on some of the refugee populations in other parts of Europe. Anyway, keep us in your prayers. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome back. We are going to finish. We're going to look out um, this week. Uh, we are going through the, the Ramadan prayer calendar, just looking at um, just praying for our workers, praying for really the, um, the, the false lies that are taught about Christianity. And that's what we're praying is that there is a breakthrough of clarity during this time that our workers who are ministering particularly to uh, the folks um, with uh, Muslim backgrounds, that they will really see the truth of who Jesus is and the wonderful gift of the gospel through his death, burial, and resurrection. So that's what we're praying for this week. But uh, that ends um, on Sunday, May 1st, and we are going to have a prayer time here at the North Cape May Hub Branch Office Division of Revolve. It's over on Ferry Road, Jonathan Hoffman, and uh, across the street from McDonald's. And we're going to have a time of prayer and worship and just kind of uh, pray and then celebrate who Jesus is and, again, that, that gospel good news that we we have so we're gonna um, do that on may 1st six o'clock and then we're gonna have a little dinner afterwards billy's making tacos oh there you yeah go. i see the tacos in the fridge right now or the i mean not the tacos the shells the sour cream yeah he's got a, a good taco recipe because he made it for us when we had both our girls and we like pounded through it in like two days like a whole wow. crock pot full wow well so most made tacos too hers are better but that's neither here nor there. So, um, all right. So we are going to end with some rapid fire. Look up, connecting to God. Read Leviticus 24, Matthew 25 this week. Be prepared for the sermon on Sunday. Uh, look out. Be praying for the elders. Uh, we are really uh, 
just trying to coming out of COVID now and working on restructuring and getting the service teams back together and looking for, you know, buildings and curriculums and all these things. Uh, just be praying for us that we can have the wisdom to do that and, and honor God and, and shepherd well. Pray for Breton and his family, uh, his little girls, his wife, Megan, with an H. Be praying for them specifically this week. So be praying for Bill, uh, as we heard uh, his update from Greece, and um, just be praying for him this week while he's there, just kind of researching and seeing what God is doing there. Uh, God was really doing a work, and we were excited about that, and uh, Revolve was, was really involved there. And um, so let's just, just pray to see what God has in store for him this week. And uh, thank you, Billy, for that update that you sent us. And Breton, land this plane. Close us out. What's the final word with Breton? Final word? Final this word. This is it. This is people are driving home. They're at the gym. What do you want them to know? Uh, let's see. What What do I want them to know? Well, uh, God says you got to renew your mind. And so you do it by thinking right thoughts. That happens by reading the Bible, reading good Christian books. So take up and read. Read, read, read. That's what I do. Hasn't failed me yet. All right. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see you on Sunday. And uh, thanks for listening.